Welcome to Beyond the Pen, the podcast that delves into the untold stories of emerging authors and the literary world. I'm your host, Maccabee Griffin, and each week I'll be shining a spotlight on talented yet undiscovered authors, giving them a platform to share their incredible stories and unique journeys that brought them to the world of writing. In each episode, we'll deep dive into the story behind the story, exploring the inspirations, challenges, and triumphs that have shaped our guests' literary careers, and have some fun along the way. From the initial spark of an idea to the journey of crafting and publishing their books, we'll uncover the secrets that make their stories truly special. But that's not all. Once a month, we'll be joined by an expert from the publishing world who will share invaluable insights and advice for aspiring writers, answering your burning questions, and demystifying the path to success in the literary industry. At Beyond the Pen, my mission is simple, to entertain, educate, and encourage the next generation of great storytellers. So whether you're a writer, an avid reader, or simply someone with a passion for storytelling, Join us as we venture beyond the pen and celebrate the power of the written word. Hello, everybody. We are back. We are here. We are live. If you are here for the first time, thank you. And we're sorry. If you have come back, thank you. And we're really sorry. Because everything yeah, well, that because if they came back, they know what they're expecting. So welcome. <laughs> That's true. Welcome. Good life decision. A great life decision. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. All right. So let's get the little details out about us. I am Maccabee, and this is Chelsea. Yay. The walking mm-hmm. vial of chaos with the diplomatic immunity. Oh, so close. Because of her rebellious life that she's held in her background. Yes. My dark, seedy past. I don't have a dark, seedy past. No, you do. You just haven't shown us all of it yet. (laughs) Remember, you're working to be that villain, remember? Uh, First of all, not a villain. Villain is a matter of perspective. I'm sorry. Remember, we've had these conversations. Yes, my lord. I am not going to be a villain. I am just going to make the world in my image. Not like my image, but like the image that I see in my head. Just don't read my books when <laughs> the, <laughs> you're wondering what that is. The bear image. The bear image. That's what it is. All right. So it, join, go to Facebook and join us on our fan page on there because we have so many interesting conversations. We have a lot of great book lovers on there. And sometimes you'll even have one of our previous guests on there talking about a book that they're working on or just adding to the conversations. And and us, obviously, and us. And, of course, go to beyondthepinpodcast.com so that you can see the featured and non-featured episodes, learn everything about what we are willing to give up, as well as our authors are willing to give up. Plus, of course, our little links to our social medias. As you can say, you can go to Instagram at beyondthepinpodcast, as well as Twitter at beyondthepinpod. And, of course, again, the Facebook page. And a new episode will be up every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Thursdays at 5 p.m. I can't say it's 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're getting our videos up. Again, we're still working on the scheduling. Once we do, we will push that out on all of our socials. 
And of course, we want to make sure that you keep coming to the YouTube channel as well, just to see this beautiful page that we have here. This picture of myself in my Dungeons and Dragons shorts. And of course, Chelsea in her... My bear sweater. Of course. <laughs> she She's feeling... She, I, you know what's so cute? I can't bear it anymore. I know. I'm unbearable. You are unbearable. That is so true. No, but if you remember, if anybody goes back, I was actually a guest on this show. It's true. And so we shared how I have all kinds of different, like, jumpsuit animal things that I wear when I write. And I can't think. And my husband takes pictures of me with the like laying on the counter in my stitch outfit because stitch is my favorite. Oh my and gosh. like, I have a Pikachu one and all kinds of different ones. Cause sometimes you just want that like kid atmosphere thing. Oh yes. Especially when you're dealing with dark fantasy too. Cause that's what I think of when I think kid, the kid inside me. Exactly. I gotta, I gotta look for my inner child, your inner dark child. Yes. Well, you know, we're all two sides of a coin. And you say you don't want to be the villain? No, villain is a matter of perspective, Mac, remember? I'm sorry, m'lady. It's the, it's the whole what is normal for the spider is chaos for the fly. Ladies and gentlemen, the walking vile sunshine and a tidbit of chaos and spiciness, Miss Annie Del Rey. Hello. Hi. Happy to be here. See, I told you she was. She She's even blooming just a little bit right there. Thank you for being on here, Annie. We appreciate you. I'm so excited. Thanks for the opportunity. We are happy to be here with you too, because we want to know all about your book today. But before we get to that, could you tell us a little bit about yourself that people may not know about you? Sure. I grew up in Jersey from a strict Catholic home. And oh. <laughs> which, you know, it's kind of common. <laughs> Like more, I think, than people that people know. But the thing that most people don't know about me, right? A lot of people know I'm from Jersey. Is my mom kicked me out at 18 years old? Isn't that normal? I I mean, it was because I had a tattoo. I mean, I know it wasn't. Oh, like, okay, so, nope, nope, it's not. Max faces otherwise. All right, Annie, we're in a rare, rare category where parents say 18 goodbye. I just left. Well, no, I had I didn't get done with school until 19, so. I guess you are. Yeah. I guess I'm in my own little genre, too. There you go. Yeah. Look at you, Mac. Yay! Gold star! Yay! I got gold star! Yay! There you go. <laughs> All right, Annie. So now it is up to you to describe your book in seven words. Are we doing seven to ten or seven? We'll say seven or ten. That's fine. Seven to ten words. Seven to ten words or less. Okay. Well, it's the title. So, let's see. Aw. Oh, right there. Shit I wish I knew in high school. And that's literally how to sum it up. It is shit I wish I knew in high school. <laughs> I feel like it's the best title that we have had on the show. It tells you what you're looking for. And you don't even need to read the blurb, right? Because in the title, it's like an all-in-one kind of thing. What's the book about? Shit I wish I knew in high school. What's the title? Well, guess what, guys? It's shit I wish I knew in high school. It's all-in-one. It's perfect. Thank you. Yep, that is definitely true on that fact. So let me ask you this real quick, because when we were having our conversation a while back, you know, you told me a great story and I wanted you to really share it with the rest of us because you didn't originally write this to be published, did you? 
No, no, it was actually for my sisters while they were in high school. While they were freshmen in high school, I wrote it for them. And why? Why was it that you wrote it for them? Well, uh, as I mentioned, I'm from Jersey, but now I live in California and they're still in Jersey. And I was just, I was so sad I wasn't going to be there for this stage because my high school was a wild ride. Like it's, it was out of control. And I really, I knew what it was like to be a gal growing up in high school. Also, I didn't really have social media in high school. We had like MySpace. And then I like, I, I believe at, at that time, Facebook was still for college students only. I believe that's, you, you only could have a college A email to get on. So if anything, they have it harder. That's how I feel. If anything, it's more difficult as, not that it's not for guys, but for young gals. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Because there's a lot of things in here that when I was really reading it, there were some, a lot of times where I was looking at it and saying, this is really for a lot of just for girls. But then there were some things like, no, this can be hit for a little boy, for young men too. And I think it's something that honestly, when I was having a conversation with my wife, um, cause I was going through the book right here. Um, one of the things that she told me is like, depending on your family uh, life in general, you may have somebody there telling you all about this and then you may not. And that's the thing that is really good about this. Plus it's an easy read too. Why did you make it write it the, the way that you did? Let me put it that way. I didn't want it intense. I wanted it to be a fun read for them. I wanted it to be uh, not a chore to read, just very digestible. I mean, I'm sure you saw each tip is about a page, if not a half a page. Right. And I yeah. think that's really good because when, when we're looking at the way that our attention span is <laughs> today, right. you can't go very far without, you know, a three second swipe. And which is funny. It's like, it I'm, has I'm to be like captivating, captivating. Yeah. Cause I'm actually swiping up on the book right here. Because like you said, she's like the, the longest I think I saw was like a page and a half. Yep. Was and it was telling a story. It is. And that's the great thing about it is the fact that you were making this very easy because I was also looking at it from a point of view as a parent that with a, two children that are on the spectrum, there are certain things that they're not going to get comparative to what a normal neurological child will. Now. Here's where I want to ask about this, because you have a background in child development. Is that correct? Yes. I wouldn't say it's my specialty. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't go to <laughs> right. school for, um, uh, like, teaching of elementary, but definitely worked a lot with child development, especially because I work with a lot of parents. Right. Because now, because if you go on your website, you have like so many different things in coaching that you have went through. Can you elaborate on some of those things that you did and why those specific ones? Well, number one, the coaching, the coaching field is kind of eh, like, uh, meaning kind of scammy. I'm sure you've seen it. Mm. People, and I'm not hating on girls, but like, just cause you look cute in yoga pants and you've read two self-development books, that doesn't make you a coach. The problem is therapists have to be licensed in order to call themselves a therapist, but anyone can call themselves a coach. So 
for example, I got nationally board certified as a health and wellness coach. It was very important for me to have that nationally board because that shows like I put in this many hours, I studied this. You have to have a certain degree in order to even be um, in that organization. So, for example, after my psychology degree, my bachelor's in psych, I learned the difference between coaching and therapy. That's when I fell in love with coaching. And I found a master's program in integrative wellness coaching. I truly made this my life because I didn't want to say, oh, I read three self-development books. I get it. I can teach those theories. It was, no, I'm going to do a 25-page capstone project on stress management as an effective tool or health coaching as an effective tool for stress management. It was really important to me. I think it's very important to educate yourself and have the experience And it's not about looking good on social media, but that's the problem. There's people that look really good on social media, but just because you're good at marketing doesn't make you a good coach. So how do you feel like social media has impacted those things? Whether it's, you know, the information, the, the fun tidbits you gave in your book versus what you do as a career. And like you said, you can go on Pinterest and you can find 50 different coaches, right? You can be like, oh, I'm stressed today. What should I do? And you're going to have 50 different social media platforms pop up. But you as somebody who went through and genuinely made this a part of your life, how do you feel like the change in times is impacting what you do? I'd say the one thing is I keep, I know I keep coming back to social media or the idea, a big thing is, especially with women is self-esteem and confidence. So something that I didn't really have to worry about growing up is sending nudes, is doing things scandalous or taking videos and then that being spread. That was a big one. Meaning I wasn't even challenged with the decision of doing that or not. It's since my sisters had a phone, it was the number one thing I told them. And you'll see it in the book is never, ever, ever take pictures of yourself and send it to someone. I don't care if you've been with somebody five years, if it was something stupid, whatever it is. Anything you do, you have to act, especially, you know, being in, in like everybody's eye, right? Because especially cancel culture and everything like that, like as authors, as coaches, things like that, you can get canceled in a heartbeat for the stupidest thing. You've seen the big celebrities get canceled for things from 25 years ago. So one of the things that, that my husband always tells me is like, look, you have a career in this, right? Make sure everything you do, everything you post Anything that you share, whether it's to a friend or a family member, can come out and not destroy who you are as a person. And it, you shouldn't have to live like that. You shouldn't have to live and be afraid of going out and having drinks with, with your friends or being silly at a party or anything like that. But that's the world that we live in. And it's terrible. It really is. Because you're so right. You can get canceled in a second. Someone can find one of your Facebook comments for for 10 years ago and hold it against you or your tweet from, and some of the things I'm like, you are scandalous. You should not say this. It's worrisome that you're this racist. Like, okay, I'm glad we found this, but there's other things such as like, it's like they changed as a person. Like they were, they were like 15 when this was posted and now they're in their thirties. Like, are you the same person you were at 15? Yes, I agree. <laughs> Well, it's looks just, like looks like I'm gonna have to take down those nudes of myself because I feel really bad about that. I now. told you, I told you that is not good publicity. What? I was, I was, I was bored. Matt, we discussed this. 
Yes, ma'am. Just, just yes, be okay with your future significant other and your children and your boss seeing it. That's how I tell people. Are you okay with those people seeing it and your parents seeing it and it coming up at a family party? Probably not. Yeah. Well, it's not more or less that I'm really care about that. It's more or less I'm worried that someone's actually going to try to go out and look for that now. <laughs> Well, the other problem is men, it's like, oh, you're naked. You know what I mean? Where a woman, it's like, oh, you are scandalous. You're trashy. You're blank. Like, I've had women take videos with their husbands, get di get divorced, and have trouble getting divorced because they're holding it over their head and said they'll expose their tape. That's insane. First of all, that's how the Kardashians got rich as hell. So be like, okay, do it. <laughs> do it <laughs> that's what i'm saying and they're like then you should get big lips and you should have a big butt and then you should have big boobs and then you just marry if you if you have sex with a oh i'm sorry if you have are intimate with someone that's kind of famous you'll get famous like this is what we're doing people <laughs> stop compromising so i remember when i was in high school right we had you had those uh those name cards right so like let's say it's like this big I don't, whose business card is this? Oh, no. So it was like this big. And that that was as girls, your tank top had to be at least like the straps had to be like this. Your shorts, like you had to put your hands down, had to do whatever. Unless you're one of those like skanky little cheerleader people that could walk around in like your underwear. Oh, don't even. I was a cheerleader. Like, and I never did that. But first of all, it was for a very short period of time just to prove I could do it. Okay. Uh... I played but they could wear those things, right? And that was fine. They could wear those little those Cammies. cami thingies. Yeah. And the boys, like the boy short underwear things, that was fine. Everything was fine. But I wear slider shorts and a t-shirt, and all of a sudden I'm being too provocative. And I think it comes down to depending on where you stand with your teachers, where you stand in the hierarchy of schools and things like that. And it's that type of weird, but then guys, right? So guys can go and you can wear whatever the hell you want. You could wear the or not. white sneakers. I mean, I'm. we actually had somebody come in for their senior prank in like girls, boy short underwear. Not a single teacher said anything for like an hour. And I'm like, guys, guys, are we doing nothing with this? We're, we're, we're just not even going to acknowledge this. Like, it's weird. The rules for, for, for guys versus girls, like yeah. girls, it's being provocative. If you wear a, a tank top and shorts. Guys can wear a wife beater in shorts and it's completely fine. Yeah, it 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 is a bad thing that it there is that contradiction in the rules depending on your sex. And of course it even gets even more difficult when you're transgender and then it's a whole different ball game of like what's productive, what's not, what's uh, you know socially acceptable, what is not. And that's something that you also hit a little bit in your book when it comes to the actual uh, self-development, uh, the importance of physical and mental health. And I think this is something that a lot of people really need to look at. Again, it's an easy read. You could literally read a section. It's like in an hour. Yeah. Like you can just yeah. go through and... Your whole high school, you are good to go. <laughs> but here's the other, th yeah. But here's the thing with it is the fact that these are more tips. These are tidbits of information that you can extend on when you're reading it. 
Now, when you were writing this, were there specific resources that you were using for this, or was it merely just, this is all my experiences, this is what I've seen, and this is, or if it's just like a mixture of both? I believe aside from one story, every single thing is like, is mine, I guess, my, my story. One, I believe, the only thing I, I believe I put in about someone else was their boyfriend saying they will commit suicide if the girl breaks up with them. That that personally never happened to me, but it has happened to so many of my gal pals and even gals today that I thought it was worth mentioning. I think everybody hits that issue. And this is going to sound terrible. I'm going to share a terrible story. Are you ready, Mac? I'm never. I'm never. I have one of those crazy boyfriends because, okay, girls, you're going to go for the bad boy. It's just going to happen, right? Everybody has that. You're just like, oh, your parents are definitely going to hate him. So you're definitely going to talk to him. You're going to whatever. I had one of those guys and he was crazy, like stalker crazy. And so he had messaged me, you know, after nine, because that's what we had to do back then. You had to text after nine. So it was free. And he goes and he's like, if you don't answer, I'm going to kill myself. And it's six months after harassment, just nonstop. And I was like, you know what? Do it. Like, because like, it was just six months of terrible harassment, like showing up where I was, got me fired from one of my jobs, was threatening a friend of mine because he thought he was hitting on me. But like, he was talking to me about his boyfriend issue. Like he was crazy. He would show up outside my house. Like, it was terrible. So it finally got to the point where I was like, you know what? Just freaking do it. Nothing happened. I'm not saying you should do that, but just saying like, there are those, those that is a legitimate thing that happens when you're talking to your, you're seeing even friends. I had um, a, an acquaintance of mine that had said that uh, she stopped talking to this friend because she had done something stupid. And she was like, well, she says, if I don't hang out with her, she's going to kill herself. And I'm like, that's not your fault. Because it's never your fault. If somebody does something to themselves, it is not your fault. And that's not going to go away out of after high school. I think it gets introduced in high school, right? It's yeah. your first exposure. When people start doing it. And then as you get older, they keep doing it. And it gets more accelerated. Like we said, with the, the wife and the husband getting divorced that want to share the sex tape. Like, it's just another manipulative way for people to keep you. Well, let me, let me put this out because, you know, when I was in college, um, back in the day when there was just merely just nothing there except for stones and just, just grass. It was just there. It was there. Um, we, yeah, I'm that old. Um, he hadn't he just recently discovered fire. Let's not talk about that. That was a bad day for the grass. Okay. <laughs> Thankfully there were stones there still, but that's besides the point. It's not just, with boys doing it to girls that I had an experience where, and this is the reason why I have a really dark relationship with redheads now, just because of this. Um, but I was dating a redhead and there was points where during this relationship we had, and it, by the way, it wasn't very long either because I started to notice those flags of, okay, she may be a little bit crazy. After a while, it's like, okay, we, we can't do this. This is just, no, I'm, I'm good with this. Because she would call me at work and, you know, start to use the, I love you. I'm like, I love you too, I guess. <laughs> it's one of those things. I know. I, I, I know. It's stupid. I was such a horrible person. What can I say? I'm just horrible. 
it would be like a month later. I had not talked to this girl at all. And I'm hanging out with my buddies and all of a sudden at home, by the way, all of a sudden I get a knock on the door and it's her drunk and she's coming in and just sitting down like she owns the place <laughs> and just playing games with my buddies. My buddies are like, what the hell's going on? here?" are like, I'm trying to get her out. Like I had to forcibly pick her up and take her outside. I had a little bit, a few scars from that situation, but crazy's crazy. No matter your gender, let's just put it that way. Totally, crazy's crazy. But here's the reason why I'm saying all this is because there are certain topics that you are hitting specific in this book. Here's my question to you: Which ones were more challenging than others to talk to your sisters about? Not, it wouldn't be one-on-one, but writing about sex. And only because it is a huge sin in the Catholic community. And if my mom were to read it, she'd probably have a heart attack. And also I write in the book, this is so personal. This is a, this is such a personal decision to lose your virginity. And then, who you know, and, and sex moving forward after that, that it's just such a sensitive subject. Who am I to tell someone what to do with their body or whatnot? But also you're so confused when you're that young. You're just so, and, and there's such a pressure to keep up with your friends and social media again, like you're seeing half naked girls at, or you're seeing girls like, like, how is that not child pornography? Half the stuff that they put on, I'm like, how are these girls not getting flagged? And it's because they look older than me. Like they look older than us. And it. I'm like, wait a second. That's stop trying to grow up so fast. I, it sucks. Adulthood sucks, guys. Like, I don't know what scam you think this is that it's like, oh, I want to be an adult. Don't do don't it. Try right? Neverland. Go live your life over there because it's not all fun and games. Like high school is not uh, don't get me wrong. I have an amazing life. I do. But it's hard. You got you got to constantly think about bills and taking care of people and making sure you're okay. There's nobody else to look after you. Like if you're lucky enough to find somebody else and that's great, but a lot of it falls on you now. There's no like going to mom and dad and being like, "Uh, I need gas for my car." It's like, "Cool. Get a job." Like you hit 18, there's no longer you're asking to go to the bathroom. There's no longer seeing if you can get people to check you out to get out of school. Like there's none of that. You graduate and it's real life. Yeah. Adulting is hard. I need an adult. Guys, I need an adult or an adult to help me adult some days. Oh, wait, that's my yeah, wife. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, um, that's my husband. Like half the time he's like, Chelsea, what the hell are you doing? You are not 16. And I'm like, leave me alone. Just because I look 16 doesn't mean I can't feel 16. Okay. Right. <laughs> It's crazy though, but I think it works for our generation, right? Because all these little kids are making themselves look so much older than we are. Like half of them look older than, like, it's insane. So I go to the store or something, especially at bars, they're like, okay, like, I need your ID. I'm like, here you go, bro. Like, been able to drink for a long time. And they're like, is this real? And I'm like, first of all, thank you. <laughs> Second of all, yes, please. If I'm gonna lie, I'm not gonna do this age. I would do something younger. Like if I'm gonna Great. Lie, you always go 25, guys. You always go 25. I thought it was 29 was the was the limit. I don't know. Mine was 25. It's been over seven years, so I can't get in trouble for it. But mine mine was 25. All of ours, all of our friends, it was always 24 or 25. 
I don't even know what to put it on there on mine. My, my I, I guess just because I have gray in my beard and I'm completely bald, it doesn't really help, but that I could try to look younger. Gray's been in for years. That's why I took those pictures because my dad bod is exactly sexy now, okay? It is what only fans want to see now. No, I, I actually don't have an OnlyFans. Let's just deal with it, okay? I uh, am using that as our clip for the show. Damn it. Oh, my God. Frank. <laughs> damn it. Share your handle. Actually, I don't know how OnlyFans works, but I'm assuming they have handles. I don't either. Do I, I am, that's the, I would assume so, right? Anyways, it's, before we get off track and Frank has a freaking corner. No, he's probably, uh, he's probably just going to be rolling his, his ass. Up. He'll probably just put up something that says, um, uh, at, at dad bod, gray haired dad bod or something like that. Just for right. the heck of it. Balding dad bod. Exactly. It'll probably be exactly what Frank, it is. We'll, we'll brainstorm. We'll brainstorm. <laughs> no. See, this is why I'm scared with my team because they do stuff like this to me. But it's teasing, see? Teasing, bullying, which is different. Yeah, that's true. But back on topic. <laughs> that that was on topic, technically speaking, because we're talking about that stuff. I think the big one of my favorite parts of the book was when you were talking about making sure that everybody understands not to put any weight in what people think about you. It's because like you shouldn't care what people think about you to an extent, right? Because we don't want to be like, you have to be useful people in society but having that mentality in high school to just really drill that into your children's head I think is super important instead of you know when I was a kid it was you know whatever it is to make you fit in was what you needed to do right because you weren't supposed to be a standout you shouldn't do that under no circumstances nowadays I think we've evolved to the point that it's kind of okay and even cool to be standout now so I think the fact that it was such a, I think it was one of your longer parts that it was, you know, don't worry about what other people think about you, guys, girls, anything, just be happy with who you are. Yeah. And so you can have that confidence now. I, I wish people understood how insignificant high school is in the long run. It is, yes. but it feels, it feels as if it's everything in your world. And you guys mentioned it earlier, the idea of you're not the only one going through this. I promise you, most parents don't understand you. You are not alone in the fact that you're scared to talk to your parents about sex or alcohol or relationship advice. You're not alone. You're not alone in being embarrassed by your teacher. You're not alone in being embarrassed in gym class. Like all of these things, um, you're not alone in your test anxiety. You're not alone in this pressure to be an athletic in theater and an A student, but you feel alone. You feel so sad, especially if you don't have siblings or parents that are strict. Well, here's the great thing about life. No one knows what they're doing at all. At any point, we are making shit up every single day, every situation. And it's one of those things that it, you know, there are a lot of things that we do that are not fun. Um, especially those things that uh, we have no control over i.e. because I I thought this was hilarious. I, I thought this was hilarious when, when I was looking at going through the book again. It says um, something to the effect of periods are not going to be fun. Doesn't matter how old you girls get. Be in the acceptance phase. Get in the acceptance phase as quick as possible. 
No. So I think this is one of the things that I like with, uh, with the whole thing is as a girl, you don't have a countdown, right? You don't have it like on your dresser at home. Like, Oh, I have six weeks, four days and three hours until it starts the first time. No, you have an app now. No, it doesn't tell you when it's your first period ever as a girl. You have no flipping idea when it's going to happen. I guarantee you that first time you get courageous and wear those white pants, white skirt, white leggings, white dress, that's the day that it's going to happen. However, it's natural. It, it sucks. It's going to be embarrassing no matter when it happens, what you're wearing. Pray it's at home because the worst time is if you're in the middle of gym class or you're wearing white or something like that. But it's just there's no way around it, right? Then you're inevitable to get that one moment that's super embarrassing. And for like six months, you don't even know when it's going to happen. And I like the fact that you you broach that subject. Like I had the parents that were like, no, you'll be fine. You'll know. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, um, but when? And it's like, oh, no, no, no. You'll know. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'll know because there's no way not to know. But like, <laughs> can I get some date estimate? And it's like, oh, no, there, you can't really do that. But you'll figure it out when it happens. And I'm just like. And, and, and again, it comes with that whole idea of like. I don't know what's going to happen with you today. I don't know what's going to happen to you tomorrow, next week, next year. So when it comes to parenting, I think when when I look at this book, this is a good resource for adults to read first because then they can start to look at that common sense thing for themselves again. I mean, I agree. I completely, Going through some of it, like as an adult, like your whole list on the boys to avoid, <laughs> what was it? It was like the... the Boys to avoid like the plague. Was that what it was? Oh my God. I literally took that page and sent it to some of my friends. I was like, Hey, look at this cool book we're talking about today. How did you come up with the list? Is it experiences, friends, or is it, you were just mad at some guy and you were like, no, this is his character. trait." I think just taking in society. I think it was just from learning about things either reading about it, maybe experiencing. I have to look at the list again, but I had so much fun writing that that one. I had I've got the so list right here. Sorry. <laughs> I've got the list. Okay, so it's it's se- se- the seventh section of Number boys. One. Number one, has mommy-daddy issues, is suffering from addiction, has no yeah. ambition, flirts with other people, especially your friends, untrustworthy in any way puts pressure on you to do things unwilling to get help when they need it okay that one i have an issue with because of the fact i'm just not open with going to the doctor some days okay um guys who disrespect women look out for how they treat their mother sister teachers or services uh, servers excuse me i love the fact that you put servers I have yes. walked out on me because they were rude to people. I was like, all right, this isn't going to work. And just left. I'm like, there is no, no flipping way. First of all, nobody is above anybody. So let's just Put mark that. that one down. Yeah. Right. And like, I, I was raised in one of those, like you treat the janitor like you do a CEO because they're human. They are people. If you don't. Yeah, no, I have absolutely, I have absolutely like kicked people out of my area in conventions and just been like, be gone, sir. Here's the other thing, though. 
put that on the opposite side because we've had this, we had a little bit of a discussion about this oh, earlier no, today. That's not, that's not fair. Okay, guys. <laughs> All right. So I believe it goes both ways, correct? Correct. You respect servers, servers respect you. It's a whole thing. One of the things that drives me insane is when me and my husband, every once in a while, we go out on a date night type thing, right? Super cute. Aw. Um, we go to this one place and there, our server refuses to acknowledge me whatsoever. Like stands right beside my husband, her back to me. And every time she asks him something, touches him. Okay. I don't get jealous. I get territorial. Okay. Like I am like lion will rip your face off. So, and he knows. And so the whole time he has his hands, like not even on the menu, on the table, like, please, I'm not even looking at her. Like, please understand. Like I'm not engaging. I'm not engaging. And so we go through and his mother was a server for, for many years, taking care of him and his brother. And so he always over tips. It's one of our things because especially with students, a lot of times they're in high school or they're people that are trying to get on their feet. There was one night not too long ago where he goes to write it. And I was like, if you so help me, God, if you tip this woman 25%, I will say our card got stolen. And he was like, what? And I was like, no, it goes both ways. You don't get to sit there and disrespect me and hit on my husband in front of me. And I let you walk away and think you're getting that big of a tip. Like there is no. So that's what Matt was saying. Because we definitely had that talk where I'm like, look, you got to treat service nice. Do not touch my husband, ladies. Or men. I've had that one too. Don't. <laughs> men respect do not. Respect You know that dynamic. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's respect. Guys, don't touch her husband. Don't touch her husband because she will not be touch after my husband. <laughs> don't do it. And it's it's vice versa for me too. It's it's one of those things with my wife. I am, I am very proud of who I have as a wife. Because one... I'm lucky to even have her as a wife Two, like, trust me. The, the weirdness that you see here is like 10 times weirder in reality <laughs> too. Okay. But the other thing is I can also be a real dick too sometimes. And it's sad, but my wife is very patient with me. I'm still training. I mean, even at 19 years, I'm still in training mode with my wife. Okay. So you'll be fine. But it's still a point of there are certain things that relationships are built around built around and the fact is you need to respect those things and finding those boundaries and finding those things that make it so important in a relationship one of the things my sister talked about yesterday with her one of her friends and one of her uh, ex-boyfriends was that there was no boundaries there were certain things that were happening in their relationship that weren't the best and from a guy's standpoint, I'm like, okay, red flags. This is not just a red flag. This is like the American flag on outside of a <laughs> dealership that's like 35, 40 feet long, red flag. But she's not seeing it. What are some of the things that you were giving in terms of examples to your sisters or anybody else in life allows them to take that vision of that their, their version of a red flag to the vision that everybody else is seeing? A lot of it is like, how do you feel around them? How do you feel? And this is with friends too. And I'll just give an example of, if you feel drained talking to a gal pal and they are needy 
and you don't like it and you cringe at the idea of answering the phone or you're going out of your way to ignore them because they're too much work, these are red flags. This is someone that you need to avoid in your life. You need to remove yourself. Same with family members. Unfortunately, you got to remove yourself, especially after 18 when, um, when you're like officially an adult. But really tap into how you're feeling. And I don't even mean that in a woo-woo sense. I don't even mean, I mean, I always will say trust your intuition and I love woo-woo, but how is this person serving you? And if you are always anxious or for example, the, like we were saying of someone saying they're going to hurt yourself it, themselves if you don't, that's a lot of pressure to put on someone, especially a 14 year old. I know one of my brother, unfortunately he passed away but he suffered for addic- from addiction for 15 years. It was so hard to watch him in high school, especially as he got older. It was so hard, but you can't. And, and for a few years, I took on that like caretaker role. It sucks the life out of you. It breaks your heart continuously, and it will suck the life out of you. And to, to put that pressure on yourself, especially as a teen, it's too much. Life is hard enough. Our emotions, our hormones yeah. are already so out of control. We don't need these other outside factors adding to our stress. So one of the things that I want to do real quick, because we get time's coming up soon for us. I want to just do a quick flash on some of the, some of our favorite questions that we ask people. So first things first, what is your writing kryptonite? Okay, let's put it this way. What is your coaching kryptonite? Actually, I think it's the the idea of pressure, like timelines. The reason I loved writing my sister's book is, aside from wanting it done in their freshman year, I just wanted to have fun writing it. So when it became not fun or pressure, I stopped doing it or I take a break. So for example, I'm doing, I'm writing a book right now, Shit I Wish I Knew in My 20s for them first. So making sure that I don't, I want it to be fun. Is there a quote or someone in your life or song that inspires you to continue writing or coaching? It's my sister's. Like I have a plaque on my computer and it says, do it for the twins. <laughs> that could be taken in so many ways too. <laughs> Pervert. I know. I, I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It happened. <laughs> Frank, get that out. Uh, <laughs> no. All the nonsense I say, and you make him leave it in, you can leave his this in. Okay, fine, fine. And finally, what is next for Miss Annie Del Rey? Oh, I guess writing that book. Writing that book, continuing working with clients, having fun. Having fun. Life is go. really hard. Life is super hard. And it doesn't have to be that hard, though. Make the fun where you can get it. Yes, yes find it where and you can get it. And surround yourself Absolutely. with loving people. Truly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So ladies and gentlemen, as you've seen before, go out there, buy the book, go to her website at AnnieDelRay.com to get your copy of shit. I wish I knew in high school and see how you can change it in your own life. Cause even still there are certain things in that book. I'd be like, yeah, I need to work on that. I need <sighs> to work on that. <laughs> Especially my mouth. Go figure. Uh, but also Go on to uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. Find her at Annie Del Rey. Annie Del Rey. <laughs> it's very simple. Very simple. So, Annie, thank you again for being on here. We appreciate you very much. Thank you again for the opportunity. This is great. This has been fun. At least somebody appreciates us. All right, Chelsea, what's your thoughts real quick? Final thoughts. 
I think it's it's an amazing thing that I that people going into high school, maybe not even necessarily going in, maybe after that freshman year, going into sophomore, something like that. Because freshman, you're still kind of eighth graders. I don't care what you say. True. Um, and then early, like you're as an adult, there is still a lot that you can get from this book. Yep. Going through just little reminders, like hey, trust yourself, love yourself, walk away from those red flags, like. I think it's important. Especially those that are like 35 by 35, you know, well, 35 by 30, about 40. Yeah, 40 feet by. Anyways, you do it. Get your dimensions right. Anyways, yeah, for me, I thought it was really interesting. It was, like she said, you could read this book in an hour because of it being so Mm -hmm. short. But the fact is, is that there's a lot of tidbits in there that make it worth reading. And going back more and more and reading it because the more you look at it, a week later, something happened in your life. Hey, go back and see it. Why didn't I see that? Now I can work on it again. Or, hey, something happened in your family or family or family or friend's life. Mm-hmm. Give it to them. Say, you need to read this. Here's some red flags that you're not seeing or anything of that nature. And just, you know what? Reach out to Annie and see what she can do for you. Cause I'm sure she'd be happy to talk to you about it. I know we've had fun talking about it with her and we've learned a little bit about myself and my only fans that does not exist as well. <laughs> hey, All right. I think I'm sexy. Okay. I think I'm sexy. Anyway, very, <laughs> very important until next time, folks. Thanks for being here. Keep writing, keep inspiring, keep sharing and unleash your creativity. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's Video On Demand and Livestream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.